The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 81st ever show of All Around Sports. Each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Well, my highlight of the week is Notre Dame making the national championship game by beating USC last Saturday night out at the Coliseum in Los Angeles. And I'm a big believer that when Notre Dame is good... It's better for college football. And I thought what they did going out to the Coliseum, despite the mass, the loss of uh, Matt Barkley not playing for the Trojans, uh, but I thought what the Irish did in going out there and winning that game was very impressive. And the best part of it all, as you all saw, was uh, the goal line stand. Notre Dame, or Notre Dame held USC five times inside the three-yard line, and uh, that's become the trademark of this team. When you look back at the Stanford game, despite the controversy surrounding it, uh, they won that game in overtime on a goal line stand, and they did it again on last Saturday night, and it was just uh, great to see a team in this day and age in college football, who has uh, defense as its calling card. And they're led, of course, by Manti Teo, uh, a Heisman candidate, to be sure, who come up with yet another big interception. Amazing statistic. He never had an interception in his career at Notre Dame until this year, and this year he has seven. So that is an impressive stat, to say the least, and... Manti Teo, by all accounts, uh, you just have to love this guy. He seems to be a modern-day Tim Tebow as far as just all good, no bad. And I happened to be watching on senior day in Notre Dame when he came out of the tunnel and greeted his parents at midfield. This was just a couple of weeks ago against Wake Forest. And 
very, very emotional with his parents. They're all from Hawaii, of course. And if you go back uh, to, I believe, this summer, Manti Teo lost, meaning uh, handled the death of both his grandmother, I believe, and his girlfriend within the span of one week. They both died within the span of one week. And to have him come out of that and play the year that he has played for Notre Dame as clearly the most talented player on the team, but far more importantly, the emotional leader of this team has just been, uh, I think, one of the more impressive feats this year in college football. So I do believe Alabama will beat Georgia tomorrow in the SEC title game. And to me... A Notre Dame-Alabama national championship matchup is really just about as good as it gets. Two storied programs, to put it mildly. And uh, I just think it will be fabulous, and defense will be ruling the day in that game. And uh, I just think it will be great theater. And I think the next uh, five weeks of build-up for that game is going to be really unlike anything we've seen in the BCS era. Uh, it's just going to be off the charts, nonstop chatter uh, leading up to that game, and I think it's just going to be absolutely terrific. And uh, So, hats off to Notre Dame. They deserve it. They're clearly uh, navigated the season undefeated, and they deserve to be in the game, period, despite what many critics are saying. Well, my low light of the week is yesterday's big news of uh, Greg Popovich holding out his star players, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker. They did not travel to Miami for the Spurs game against the Heat, San Antonio Spurs, and there's been a lot of chatter on this in 24 hours. Everybody's taking sides, to put it mildly. David Stern has certainly weighed in with... Uh, Huge emotion for David Stern, promising sanctions to come. But my problem with this is very simple. And I'm a big fan of Greg Popovich, by the way, and the Spurs. But I can't believe he held them out in this game. Simply put, I wanted to see the Spurs, who are, again, looking great here at the beginning of the season, as they often do, um, not wanting to play the Miami Heat, the defending champs, for the measuring stick of where do they stand as a team. To me, on the surface, great game. That's one I would have tuned into, for sure. And uh, so that is my biggest disappointment in this. Uh, I am well aware of the crazy, crazy travel schedule the Spurs have had, the success Popovich has had with holding out his players. I agree with all of that. These guys are aging, especially Duncan and Ginobili. But this is a game they got to play in. This is just, it's a marquee game. It's a national game. It's good for the league. It's good for his team to simply see where they stand. They could face these guys in the finals, the NBA finals. It was the only game that was going to be played in Miami this year by the Spurs. And... Again, just very disappointed that we didn't get to see it, but, again, surprised by Pop, who, very competitive guy, great coach, great coach. Uh, just surprised that he wouldn't 
play them in this game to see exactly where his team stands against LeBron and the defending champs. So, as a postscript, it's going to be fascinating to see what, if anything, David Stern does on the sanction front. It appears he, he's promised sanctions, therefore something's coming. And he could uh, really open a can of worms, a Pandora's box, as it were, if he's not very careful in how he handles this. Uh, so, as it turned out, it was a great game. The uh, Spurs that did make the trip, I think there were nine of them, uh, played just a terrific game, went down to the wire. Uh, they led the whole game, but basically the Heat pulled it out at the end, no surprise. But uh, the fans who attended did get their money's worth, even if they didn't see the Stars playing. My bizarre story of the week is simply 4th and 29. What else can you say about the Ravens making the 4th and 29 against the Chargers? Uh, I was watching live on NFL Red Zone, had a distinct rooting interest, and by that I mean as a New England Patriots season ticket holder, I'm watching that game thinking if the Ravens lose, that puts the Patriots in a strong position to tie, number one, they would have tied the Ravens, although they lost them earlier in the season, so they still got to win, uh, still got another, get another game here in the standings, but it would have put the Patriots in a position for a bye week. And for my purposes, it was simply, uh, you know, them hosting playoff games, which is, uh, fortunately something I'm able to attend a mere 15, 20 minutes from my house. And so I was disappointed in that regard, but, uh, and on the flip side of it, the San Diego Chargers, they just continue to disappoint. In fact, I'm going to say right now, here and now, that I think the Chargers are maybe the most disappointing sports team of the decade with the assemblage of talent they've had and the fact that they have never even made a Super Bowl is just incomprehensible to me. Um, never a big Phillip Rivers fan until I attended the AFC Championship game in 07, actually January 08 when he played with a torn ACL, so he got my respect forever, but he's having a terrible year, and the team just continues to just disappoint. I can't imagine a team in the past decade that would be harder to be a fan of than the San Diego Chargers. So, with that said, uh, and as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests a chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call in number is 1 888 346 9144, or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And welcome, Barry. Oh, thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure, as always. Thank you for calling in. And uh, I understand you've had a very special week, so I'm just going to turn the mic over to you and let you tell our listeners all about it. Well, it was uh, actually uh, very interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was uh, very exciting and very interesting. Um, a little bit of a backstory first. It, it, um, the, the, the genesis for the story starts, well, let, look, well I'll, I'll tell the, the, the gist of it first. Um, I'm actually going to be part um of a documentary that uh, the NFL film is putting together for the NFL Network on on the life of the late Steve Stable, which is as as, as we all know, he was the, the creative uh, dynamo behind NFL films and and its growth uh, over the years to you know, just, just the giant that it's become. Um, the backstory is, you know, way back when, when I was a very young sports writer uh, for a small suburban paper in New Jersey. Uh, I have had the opportunity to go down to NFL Films uh, office in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, and do a feature on Steve Sable and on on the NFL Films operation. This was back in 1984, so we're dating ourselves a little bit. But uh, as a young sports writer, you know, very obviously, uh, you know, in awe of, of, of what NFL Films was, and you know, having grown up watching them all, being very familiar with with what they did, um, you know. And I got to the end. I had the opportunity to sit with Steve and. He was so charming and engaging, and you know, and, and I never really forgot forgot the um, how he how he acted toward me. I mean, let's face it, I was just a kid, and you know, here he was, and I always felt that he was more charming and gracious and patient than, than he really needed to be. And I always remembered that, and you know, I was I was just taken by his enthusiasm, and his excitement, and his, and his, and his, just the way he inspired people around him, and it. 
just worked out that I, 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 I wrote a story and I enjoyed writing it and it came out very well. And it wound up being submitted in uh, that year in the Associated Press Sports Center's uh, writing uh, contest and actually won fourth place for best feature story for a medium-sized newspaper. So, you know, in, in, in a way, I kind of had Steve Stable to thank for that. So I had written him a, a note to, you know, letting him know to share the news. He wrote me, he, he sent me a postcard back, which I still have. It had, uh, you know, the NFL and the Emmys on the front and on the back. It just said, congratulations, Steve, which was just tremendous. I still have that postcard. So fast forward uh, to, uh, you know, a little over a year ago, uh, when the news came that, uh, that Steve Sable was diagnosed with, with a brain tumor and was undergoing key, uh, chemo and radiation. And, um, you know, I you know, was kind of taken back to, you know, the, that experience that I had had with, with him and with NFL Films, and I had written him a, a, an email. Uh, I had seen uh, on the NFL website, you know, for well wishes to be sent to Steve Sable at this email address. So I just wrote him a short note saying, hey, Steve, I just wanted to let you know that you know, that, that I'm thinking about you, and, you know, it was a long time ago when we first met, and, and you know, uh, that story I, I wrote, you know, you know, won an APSC award, and I just want to let you know that, that you know, I know how inspired you are in your battle, and I'm rooting for you. And I wrote, just, you know, send the email. It was okay. So, and I didn't really think anything of it. But a week or so later, I got a, uh, a response. It was, you know, uh, from, from, from the looks of it, it was an automated response. You know, Steve appreciates your thoughts. Thank you so much for writing. Like, okay. Now and then, of course, uh, you know, two months ago, Steve uh, passed away uh, after his battle with the, with brain cancer, just short of his 70th birthday. And that was, and I think that was, that was a sad day for a lot of us. And I, I, and I believe we even talked about it on the show uh, oh, yes. when, when he passed. Uh, yes. So about two weeks ago, uh, out of the blue, I get an email from someone from NFL Films basically telling me that, you know, they, they saw my email and, uh, and, and they, they said that, you know, Steve read every email and, and he appreciated every email he got. And they found my email and picked it out, uh, along with several others. There were, they wanted, and they said they wanted, to, they would, we would love to interview you for a documentary that we're putting together on, on Steve's life. And I was very flattered and honored, uh, by that. So, you know, I, 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 you know, I made the contact and I, I spoke to a couple of people there and, and then I went down there on Tuesday, and you know, um, we'll get to get to the NFL Films building in a minute. But it's a new building, and uh, I had been to their their former location. Uh, this this new building has been around since 2000, and uh, you know, I know you you mentioned that you were that you've been there a couple of times. You know, we'll talk about that in a minute. But when I was sitting with the producer, you know, getting ready to actually be filmed, you know, with the cameras and then a whole crew, and you know, we sat in a little little studio and. You know, I, I asked him, I said, you know, I, I, I just, I'm just curious. I said, how did you come to pick me to be on this? And they said, well, what, we're, what we wanted to do a tribute to, to Steve, you know, obviously. And we, we wanted something different because, you know, look with you. Everybody, we, we told the story of how NFL Films started and how NFL Films was built and Steve's influence. And we, 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 you know, we told that story. The story we've never told is, the kind of person he was behind the scenes. So, uh, they did was this actually had nothing to do with my APSC story. What it had to do was with the email that I had sent. Um, and just basically, you know, wishing him well uh, from his. Uh, 
they said they, they that they were taken by that, that I would, you know, send an email like that, but it wasn't just me. What happened was they had 10,000 people or thereabouts who had sent in uh, emails, you know, wishing Steve all the best, and they wound up picking 12 out of 10,000 to come on this, to come down to be interviewed for this documentary, and mine, my email happened to be one of the 12. It was just so almost random, you know, it was almost like like like, like the lottery, not, not, not uh, you know, not quite the odds of, of the last Powerball drawing, but, but something very <laughs> close to that, and wow. when I was down there, I met three other people, they were, they were filming over a series of, of days, and uh, they're interviewing different people, and I come to find that what they what they wanted to do was interview people who Steve's life touched in some way, or his or, or they touched him in some way. That is, you know, people who not necessarily knew him very well, but uh, but made a connection with him. Uh, so you know, mine was one. Uh, I met one gentleman who never even met Steve, who was a, a fan, uh, a Steelers fan, lived in Pittsburgh, and you know just. And a note to Steve saying, hey, how much, you know, that he loved NFL films growing up and how much it meant to him. And, you know, watching all the, all the films, of, of course, the, uh, you know, the great Steelers teams in the 70s and growing up. I uh, met another gentleman who um, he, he describes himself as actually a, um, a disgruntled viewer. He had actually uh, written Sable after watching uh, uh, some documentary film that was uncensored. And he happened to be watching it with a six-year-old daughter in the room, so he got a little upset, and you know, and and wrote to you know, not really complain, but just basically saying, you know, you really should do something to let people know that you know some of this stuff might not be appropriate for younger viewers. I'm a big fan, blah blah blah. And he actually got a reply, you know, a personal reply from Steve Sable saying, you know what, you know what, you're right, and we we really should do a better job about that. And I apologize, and we'll take 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 steps in the future to do that. Uh, I met a woman. Uh, I asked her, well, what what, what What's your connection to Steve Stable? She said, well, it was the summer of 1957. We were both 14. I was like, okay, you don't need to tell me anything else. So <laughs> enough said there. So uh, that's the kind of, of, of feeling that they want in this documentary, apparently. And, you know, uh, they, I answered several questions, and they told me that they're, they're going to air it either Super Bowl week or they may wait until next September, which would have been the anniversary of Steve's birthday. So um, obviously I'm kind of hoping it does. Run towards Super uh, Run on Super Bowl week because you know I, I'd be very impatient to have to wait so long to see it. But you know right. what a tribute and 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 you know what what a way to pay tribute to to a man who is you know, truly a you know a, one of the great sports pioneers of our time, right? And you know yes. to to be you know, and to be brought up to be included in in something like this is just kind of it's very it's very humbling. It's uh it, it I, I feel very honored and I feel very fortunate. To you know, to be able to take part in something like this, so it's just uh, very uh, you know, and the day and the, spending the day in NFL films, you know, you know, with with the producers and with the with the support staff who, who were all terrific to deal with, um, and just just the experience of just being in that building, you know, I learned a lot of things I didn't even know. I mean, here I am. I thought I knew everything I knew, everything there was to know about NFL films. You know, in this new building, there are pictures all over. And everyone, it's a big place too. I mean, you've been there, so you know. Uh, yes. you know for, our, for our listeners, it's a two-story building and it's huge. I mean, I, I can't even say really, I have no idea what the square footage is right there, but it's just a big, big building with atriums and big hallways and lots of light and, you know, different parts of the building. And wherever you walk in the building, there's, the, the walls are covered with 
artwork, uh, real, real esoteric stuff, like old movie posters that had to do with football and just magazine covers. And, and the gentleman that was giving us the, the tour told us that, you know, Steve, Mr. Sable, he called him, decided in this building go. He personally hung somebody hung under his, his guidance. You know, that's the on the whole over there. It goes better with that group of things. So it's just incredible place. And even and to think that actually impressed me as much, if not more, than the actual operation itself of you know, the, you know of of the wine cellar where they keep all the reels of film, where they keep the the the, the, the VCR VHS tapes, uh, uh, the digital tape. Of all of that, but the operation itself is 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 uniquely impressive. But to know that there's this other side of, of the building and of the history, uh, I never knew that. And I also never knew that Steve Sable is actually an accomplished artist. Uh, there's a website called SteveSableArt.com, I believe. Uh, you know, of course, I, I get nothing from this. I'm just, I'm just passing this along. But if you go on the website, he, he did collages. He did dioramas, all kinds of really offbeat things with football and the movies you love, and there, these are also sprinkled about the building at NFL Films. Um, and everything about the building has a has a theme. Um, there's there's something uh, there's a uh, an area that has the room where, with you know a few seats for sitting, little sitting area, and it has old vintage board games along both walls. It's called the boardroom. You know, perfect name for it, right? There's another little alcove uh, of Again, another little sitting area in your window, and there's some uh, old pictures and paintings and cover magazine covers of punters. And of course, the little al- name of this alcove is and this little sign that says Coffin Corner. So it's just these little idiosyncrasies and these little offbeat, fun parts of the building that you know it, it's, it was really almost overwhelming. And, and the gentleman that's giving us the tour said, "You know, to this day, I've been here for X number of years. Every night, every someone, every." Now and then on Sunday night, you know, when my ship is near over, I'll just like walk around and I'll, I'll see something I never noticed before. I never really thought about before. And it's just that kind of place. So I think the whole, you know, it was just a great experience, you know, number one, being down there uh, and, you know, being, you know, being a part of this, this, this great project that they're putting together uh, to honor Steve Stable and also just really experiencing, you know, the, the building and, and the whole aura of NFL films. It really is like a football move. I mean, it's, it's, I would compare it to the Football Hall of Fame, and, you know, it, it, it might be more impressive, actually, believe it or not. Well, that is a great story, Barry. Uh, you know, I have been to the uh, NFL films twice, including this past June, and when I was there for broadcast boot camp, uh, wrote an article in Bloomberg Business Week, a special advertising section on... Uh, NFL player engagements, broad, and uh, I'm looking right at the picture, and it's of former players sitting in a room during broadcast boot camp, and adorning the walls behind them are all types of NFL pictures, including one specifically of Franco Harris that jumps off the page at you. And uh, so, congratulations! That must have been one heck of an email you wrote to get to be one of twelve chosen out of ten thousand. That's amazing. <laughs> It, it is amazing, and you know what? Honestly, it was just you know something short, and just you know just uh, it's just basically something I just wanted to 
you know, let them know I was thinking about them. And it's just, you know, the, and, you know, again, I just, you know, kind of appreciated the way that, that he inspired, he inspired, uh, he inspired me to write, write a great story. And, you know, I've always said about, you know, and, and you being of journalism roots, you know, you'll understand this too. Uh, you know, when you have good subject matter, when you have an assignment, it's good subject matter in the story almost not writes itself, but it makes it a lot easier. Uh, I, I always tell people that was one of the easiest stories I ever, I ever worked on because I, I, I felt his passion and, you know, it inspired, it inspired me to, to be passionate and inspired me to, you know, really do it, do it justice. And it was just, it was just a fun experience just being down there with him. And, uh, you know, obviously it's, it's, you know, this is, this is something from a long time ago, but I, I still remember it as if it were yesterday. So, you know, it was a short email. It wasn't very long. It was just, just a few sentences. Uh, but, you know, for some reason it struck a chord with, with, with the people that were, that were going over the emails. And, you know, uh, at the time, yeah, I remember thinking, okay, it's an automated response. I'm sure he didn't read it. But when I was down there, they told me, you know, he, he read every email. He did. And once I got the tour of the building and found out that he decided where everything hung in that building, when he decided everything in that building, I realized, you know what? I'll bet he did read every email because that's just the kind of guy he was. You know, very much attention to detail, um, very much involved, uh, very much hands-on, and... I realized that, you know what, I'll bet he did read every email, and I'll bet it did, you know, it, it, did, uh, it did leave its mark. Well, that is, again, just a fabulous story. Congratulations. Uh, be sure to let, let us know if you hear anything more definitive on when the show is going to air. As You know, when, uh, if you're... When you're on the show, if we get into January and it's going to air Super Bowl week or whatever, let us know. Uh, I can't wait to see it. And again, just congratulations. Uh, fabulous story. And with that said, we're going to take our break. And I know you're sticking around uh, on the other side, Barry. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about? Either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go. You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. 
alternate flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And Barry, that was a great story on NFL Films and Steve Sable. Thank you for sharing that with our listeners. And uh, once again, good luck. I hope it airs sooner rather than later. Yeah, I do too. And like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, I just feel very fortunate to, to that, you know, to be chosen for, for something like this. And, you know, it was just, uh, you know, to me, uh, as far as I'm concerned, it kind of just came out of the blue, and it was just a just a great a great surprise. And uh, you know, I you know, I, I when I first saw the email, I'm like, they want to talk to me? I'm like, wow, this is unbelievable. So, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, and I and I think the way they're doing it is it, it's very you know very classy, and you know, and, and you know, anything they touch is a great product. So I'm sure I'm sure they'll do they'll do a great job, and you know, of course, they want to. You know, do the best they can to make this probably one of their, you know, one of their uh, their better efforts, given uh, given the subject matter. So uh, I'm sure it'll be, yeah, as everything the NFL does, I'm sure it'll be first class all the way. So I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, you know, seeing what they do and seeing uh, seeing how they present it. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be great. I'm uh, pretty excited about it. Oh, absolutely, as we are. So keep us posted. And again, I'm sure it'll be first class plus, given. That they're doing it about their, uh, you know, their inspiration, Steve Sable, to put it mildly. And, uh, you know, speaking of the NFL, we might as well jump into a little NFL. And, you know, when I got my copy of Sports Illustrated yesterday and saw the cover of Andrew Luck, and I had the good fortune to watch him uh, a mere 12 days ago at Gillette Stadium, and although it wasn't his best game, and the Patriots blew him out. Uh, he showed flashes uh, for a rookie unlike anything I've seen before. It was interesting in that he made a particular play where basically he he was getting rushed hard and Vince Wilfork was coming up behind him and another Patriot grabbed him and was basically hanging off of him. And he, you know, as he's kind of going down but moving forward, eyes downfield like he's starting to get known for as it's becoming his trademark. You know, he rifles a pass that's complete. And watching it live, I just said, oh, my gosh, that's just amazing. Nobody does that. And uh, lo and behold, I've seen that film replayed countless times. And despite the fact the Colts got blown out, luck had a lot of turnovers. That play is uh, being shown nonstop, and like I said, I couldn't believe it and commented on it the moment it unfolded. But you combine that with Andrew Luck with RG3 and what he did on Thanksgiving Day. I'm sitting here right now looking forward, as always, to the NFL weekend, and what I'm one of the things I'm most excited about is watching RG3 against the Giants on Monday night. I was in Washington, D.C., watching the game when the 
uh, RG3 played the Giants uh, a month or two ago. So to see the excitement in the city was amazing. So here's what I want your reaction to. As I was thinking sure. about these two guys, I believe they are the best two rookies to enter any league since Magic Bird. As, you know, we stand here at like week 10, 11, 12 of the NFL season, watching what they both have done. I mean, RG3 literally electrified America on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, and Andrew Luck and the whole Chuck Strong story, it's all just, you know, I can't think of any two rookies entering a league, any league, together since Magic Bird that have had this kind of impact. What are your thoughts about that theory? Yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's not a bad one. Um, I never really thought about that, but yeah, uh, you know, certainly they've, they've, they've been so good. And, you know, it's going to be, it, 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 it's going to be a hell of a thing when it comes down to postseason awards, right? You know, there's only one rookie of the year and, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, who's going to get it. And at, at this point, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be neck and neck. And they're just, they're just, and the thing about it too, and I think maybe Magic Bird maybe is a, is a good comparison because you know these guys are just are just so different. Their playing style is so different, right? I mean, you know, right. Luck is your prototypical NFL quarterback, and you know, people said that about him, you know, two three years ago when he was when he was playing at Stanford. Like this guy is a can't miss, you know, NFL quarterback. He's he's athletic. He can throw the ball a mile. He's big. He can he 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 he, he can run. Uh, RG3 is very different, and, you know, uh, he, he he has that ability to get out of trouble. He can run. He, he, he's, a, he's a great runner, and he can throw the ball, too. But, you know, they're, they're, their styles are very different. But, yeah, I, I think that's a really good I'd have to I'd have to sit down and think if I could come up with, you know, any other pair of rookies that have had, you know, this much impact uh, on a league or on a season. Um I don't know. I I I think that they would they would definitely be in the conversation for sure. Um, you know, without even really doing any research. I mean, they would they would have to be right. So, uh, yeah, I I think that's a pretty good comparison. Uh, they're just they're just it's just so fun to watch watch them both play for different reasons. And you know, uh, you know Andrew Luck has been a great story this year. Uh, has has RG three. Yeah, I think the Colts in general are are you know one of the leagues. Uh, Biggest field stories right now, and as long as that, I think a lot of people are, are rooting for them, um, you know, I was I was very impressed uh, last week, and I'm sure you saw the tape of this. Um, they showed it briefly at halftime of, of the uh, of the Colts uh, Patriots game. The um, the cheerleaders getting their heads shaved in support oh, yes. of uh, Chuck Pagano, which I thought was was a tremendous thing to do, and uh, you know, I it's a, a, a very very cool thing to see. So uh, you know, I think. If the you know uh, Chuck Pagano's illness and 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 the team rallying around that, uh, Andrew Luck shaved his head in support of Coach Pagano. I just think it's a great story, and they and Bruce Arians has done a terrific job uh, as the interim coach, and they've all stepped it up. So you know what what an emotional ride uh, for the Colts, and you know the, and they have so much in, in, uh, inspiration, and they're playing with so much pride, and it's just uh, it's just been a great story, and, and I really hope it continues. Absolutely. Uh, America's team, to be sure. And, uh, you know, it is wonderful. And the other part of my comparison with Magic and Bird is, you know, Magic and Bird changed the NBA forever and how the game is played in many ways. 
They could both do things that people haven't really done before on a consistent level. And what I'm seeing with these guys, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe they're changing the game as we know it. And by that, I mean their mobility. Everything you said about luck is true, but he can also run. I saw him run. He's big, he's fast, he's athletic, and he can run over people. Uh, and it just made me wonder, to take it a step further, you know, are we starting to see kind of the end of days with, you know, the true pocket passer, i.e. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning? Are they going to kind of be like the last of, of this ilk? And I say that because we're watching it play out a little bit in San Francisco where mobility is just becoming almost a required talent trait for NFL quarterbacks, and that's why, in my mind, that Jim Harbaugh has taken Colin Kaepernick now over Alex Smith, when who, when last seen, was uh, completing 18 of 19 passes, I believe, <laughs> and he loses his job, and the difference is Kaepernick can move. And, again, I just think every NFL GM now is seeing RG3 and Luck, the immediate impact they're having, and just thinking, you know, we have to have a quarterback who's mobile. And although both Manning and Brady have that wonderful sidestep a la Dan Marino where they can move in the pocket, neither of them would be called mobile in any way, shape, or form. So, uh, again, that's just, again, part of my theory that I think RG3 and Luck, I think we're going to look back in the future and say that's when it all changed, where mobility became a prerequisite to be an NFL quarterback with those two. Yeah, you you may, that you might have something there, and you're right. I, I think it's one of those things that we kind of have to, you know, kind of see how form goes for the next few years, right? I mean, you know, right. Oh yes. You, yeah, you know, you, you certainly have these two guys, and you know, and now you, you know, uh, Kaepernick to a lesser degree, but uh, but yeah, I, I think there's a lot to that, and you know, and a lot of people are are, are watching, and you know, it it certainly makes the game more exciting when you have you know uh, exciting young young players like this. I mean, it's great for the league, it's great for the competition, it's great for the fans, and, uh, you know, it just makes it that much more fun to watch because, you know, you, you throws in that extra element of, of, you know, let's see what these guys can do. Uh, you know, we know they can throw the ball, but they can run, they can do all sorts of things. So, um, you know, we, we may, we may indeed be, be beginning to see, you know, kind of a new, a new era of the way the quarterback position is played. And it's, it's, uh, it's certainly something to watch. It really is. Uh, you, you know, it's obviously a quarterback-driven league, and now it's just, uh, you know, now having a quarterback, they, they, they just, you know, with the bigger, stronger, faster pass rushers out there today, and, uh, you know, you, you just have to be able to move. You just can no longer not be able to move, and that's not to in any way denigrate the games of, you know, Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, even today, I mean, they, they, they may not move that all that well, but they're still being effective. That's putting it mildly. They're the, still the best two quarterbacks in the league, period, end of story. But that said, looking for the future, I could see where, uh, you know, mobility is soon to become prerequisite. And with that said, uh, we're going to take our final break. And, Barry, I'm looking forward to having you stick around for the last segment of the show. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry. Your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post. And, Barry, we were just comparing uh, RG3 and Andrew Luck to the entrance into the NBA of Bird and Magic back in 1979. And uh, and while we're doing comparisons, I have another one I want to throw out there for your reaction, and that's simply, you know, Johnny Football, Johnny Manziel of Texas A&M, Clearly, it's, it appears the front runner now to win the Heisman. He's a freshman, a redshirt freshman. And, uh, you know, watching this guy, particularly against Alabama, uh, when he knocked him off a few weeks back, I've been mulling over who he reminds me of. And it didn't take long to re- come to the realization that it's someone that I had the good fortune to cover one of his very first games and many thereafter. And that, of course, is Boston College's Heisman Trophy winner, Doug Flutie. I was reminded of this this morning as I'm reading the Boston Globe, and lo and behold, who's playing tomorrow at Gillette Stadium for the Massachusetts State High School Football Championship, but Doug's old high school, Natick High School, led by Doug Flutie's nephew, Troy Flutie, who lit it up in the state semifinal last, this past Tuesday night for five touchdowns, and uh, so it got me thinking about Flutie. And Johnny Manziel, and uh, I'd love to get your input on that comparison because they, they, in my mind, are remarkably similar in size and in the way they play the game. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. I mean, uh, Johnny Menzel seems to me anyway be kind of one of these guys that you know you don't really think much about. You know, freshmen really being contributors to a team. He kind of you know I don't think anything was really expected. He, he's kind of to, to me he's, he seems to be the kind of guy that's kind of come out of nowhere, and he's just captivated people with the way he plays the game and 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 the things he's accomplished so far at, at Texas A and M. And I think the uh, I think the Flutie comparison is a good one. You know, we're, we're, we're on a roll with comparisons today. So, we are. You know, let, we let's, are. Let's, let's, keep, let's keep it going. You know, I, I think uh, yeah, there are a lot of parallels. And, they, and they, you know, I think they do play the game the same way. You know, neither one of them is particularly, you know, big guy. And they're, 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 yeah, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of parallels with the two, I think. And that, that, that's a good one. And, uh, you know, my gosh, I mean, to think of a redshirt freshman winning the Heisman Trophy, that, that, that's something that doesn't happen very often. So, um it's a pretty amazing story, and uh, he's certainly, you know, in a season, in a very interesting college football season, uh, you know, he's uh, quickly, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of suddenly the past few weeks um, become, you know, one of the bigger stories in college football this year in a year where there's been lots of big stories in college football between, uh, you know, between on the field, off the field, uh, you know, conference realignments, uh, you know, all kinds of coaching moves, coaching rumors. Um, you know, number one, number one's changing every week. Uh, you know, Notre Dame being number one, uh, you know, after all these years, you know, what a, you know, what a story that is. So it's been a huge, huge, huge season of football. And, uh, you know, and, and Johnny Manziel's right, right at the top of that pile of stories, I think. Absolutely. I was in a packed restaurant watching, uh, him beat Alabama. And it was absolutely electric. It was just a great sports bar, and the place was going crazy. It's right here in Boston near me. You know, no rooting interest per se, uh, but the place was going crazy. And I loved it. And uh, and he's also the bene- benefactor of really one of the great nicknames in recent memory, Johnny Football. It just, you know, it's simple, easy to remember, and it just says it all. It's right. about as all-American a nickname as I can ever remember, and I got the feeling eight days from now, he and Doug Flutie are going to have another thing in common, and that's going to be they're going to be co-Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah, that could happen. You know, you've mentioned you know, you know, Johnny Football. The only other the only other person that comes to mind with that sort of nickname was uh, you know uh, Don Mattingly, who was called Donnie Baseball in New York for years. Yes, so, um, good one. Yeah, I mean yes. it's, it's 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 very organic. It's very simple. like that, um, you know, in a, in a you know, quote, to, you know, neutral site, 
you know, when people are that interested in a, in a college football game, uh, that, that says a lot. That really says something. So, uh, it's a, it's quite a testament to, uh, to what he's accomplished and what, uh, and, and what lies ahead in his career. Oh, it speak, spoke volumes to me. That's what got, first got my attention. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're down under two minutes, but I want to get your quick take on, Greg Popovich holding out and not taking his stars to Miami last night to, to play the Heat. And I said at the beginning of the show that it was my low light of the week for the simple reason that I would have thought Popovich, who I'm a big fan of, would have wanted to see his team off to a great start playing against the defending champs as a measuring stick. Uh, again, under two minutes, so I'd love your quick thought on Greg Popovich's not taking his stars to Miami last night. Yeah, you know, uh, he... he he did it because you know there was they're, they're playing a, a very a very tough stretch of their schedule, and he wanted to rest some of his guys. And you know um, he has an older team, obviously. You know Ginobili and Duncan. You know these guys have, have, have a few years on. They're not a young team, and you know he felt he was doing the best for his team. And the thing about Greg Popovich is that he's always been a player coach. A player's coach. His players adore him. His players really go go out of their way to. To, to play hard, I've always played hard for him. You've never heard, I've never heard of any San Antonio Spurs saying anything bad about Popovich. And the players love him and the players respect him. And, you know, even LeBron James, uh, had a quote today. He was saying, you know what, uh, Pop's, the, Pop's a great coach. He, his players, uh, have always, have always, you know, stood by him. Uh, he has their backs and they have his. Um, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. Now, I can understand from a fan's point of view, um, you know, wanting to see, you know, the, the, the best of the best and wanting to see what the Spurs could do against the, the, the quote, dream team. But at the same time, you know, I, I understand where Popovich is coming from. And, you know, he's, he's, just, he's just trying to save his guys. And, you know, it, 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 it may be an unpopular decision to people, but I think in the long run he's just doing the best, trying to do the best thing he could for his team. And let's face it, you know, three months down the road, nobody's even going to remember this, and especially if, if the Spurs continue to play well and, 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 and they, and their results are such where they're, you know, you know, as expected to be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. And, you know, uh, David Stern making a statement and, you know, uh, maybe a little, little overdone, maybe, maybe gone a little too far. But, um, you know, again, if, uh, if things play out the way they've started and the Spurs continue to play well and, uh, and his players are fresher for the playoffs because of situations like this, then power to him. I, I, I don't have a huge problem with it personally because, you know, I'm, you know, trying to look at it from, from, uh, from Popovich's point of view. Yeah, well, good points. And my only problem is not that he did it, it's who he did it against. And that unfortunately brings us to the, End of our show, and my pick of the week for appointment viewing is Alabama-Georgia, 4 p.m. tomorrow Eastern time. See who's going to play Notre Dame in the national championship. Barry, once again, thank you for joining us, and we'll look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.